You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. It's episode 177, and welcome to the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, brought to you by the beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons, and the equally beautiful and sexy GameAt.eu. You know, I haven't done it for a while. Um, I have a small but loyal following of Patreon patrons, and I should really sit down and just give you a little tidbit about each one of them. It will only take a minute. Don't fast forward. You need to hear this. A lot of people don't know that I have a lot of famous and skilled people in my Patreon. Did you know that Brendan is the county champion for pig wrestling? Mandy grows hallucinogenic mushrooms. Grendel has a 45-inch bicep. LT is a semi-pro miniature golf champion. Nate is the Queen of England's manicurist. Mike dips his carrots in mayonnaise. And don't turn around because Shade is right behind you. Leroy Jenkins is secretly a wombat. Fergie is Chuck Norris's stunt double. Juicy Jim makes a delicious cream cheese and pickle pie. And Aaron will fight you over whether or not that dress was blue and black or gold and white. Thank you to all my Patreon patrons. You guys are spectacular. Anyway, so what we're talking about today is I go kind of on a tirade about the stupidest freaking question anybody's ever posted on 40k forums, and I just kind of lose it. So, But I do have a special anecdote that will blow your mind afterwards, so you should just stick stick with me. It's not too heavy, I don't think. We are also discussing the new Fury of the Deep box set with Idana Thiepkin and the Fire Slayers, and we are also discussing a letter from Big Jeremy saying that he was wondering about why I discontinued the product line episode for Drakari from like two years ago. So that's what we're discussing. What have I been up to? Well, I have had the hobby bug. I have just recently... You ever, like, just get something up your butt and you're like, you know what, I'm going to start working on this army and I'm just going to, you know, do whatever. Well, my Grey Knights, I've just suddenly fell back in love with. I mean, not that I wasn't in love with them, but I don't know. I just feel like playing Grey Knights now. So, um, I have been working very hard on my Grey Knights. Um, I had probably 70% of them painted, but then each one of them was like 70% painted, like their little... Purity seals weren't painted properly, and just, you know, little stuff. Like, their purity seals might have been painted like a, a cream color, but they weren't washed serif and sepia, and just little things like that. So, um, a lot of them weren't based, and um, then I had a bunch of probably a quarter of the army or so that was just primed black. And um, I just don't like painting, I, I don't like playing with unpainted models. So, I've decided to, um, I've made uh, two five-man purifier squads, I'm in the process of painting them now. And I am basing and putting the finishing touches on stuff. And I've got two incinerator, uh, was it, purgation squads. And uh, one psi cannon purgation squad. And um, I am making a custom um, brother captain for myself. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm actually using one of the old Inquisitor models. The guy that had the the double-headed falcon on his arm and he had a hammer... Well, I'm just going to use that double-headed falcon as my storm bolter. Like, he's like, ah, fly, my minions. And they go do two damage to you. And uh, then, I'm, of course, I'm going to give him a nemesis force hammer. So that's pretty exciting. And um, 
I've just been enjoying magnetizing all of them, putting some green stuff underneath their base and shoving a magnet in there. And uh, I'm going to change up how I had them because how I had them was not like the best way. I had them in a Tupperware thing in between foam, but you know, with all the halberds and things like that, Grey Knights have a lot of stuff sticking off them. The little, little antennas for the interceptors and whatever, they tend to break off. So I've had to fix a couple weapons and whatnot, but I'm very happy that I'm getting a very sizable... Um, amount of my Grey Knights painted and based and all of that. So that makes me happy. And um, I'm looking forward to playing my Grey Knights this week at the club, hopefully. And what else? Um, that's about it. I've also decided I've made two big decisions. So my Drakari is the next army that I'm going to downsize. Remember, I downsized my Orcs and my Imperial Guard and my Necrons. And I am going to now downsize my uh Drakari. and i've decided kind of doing the whole Stillmania part where you know you just pick something you like and whatever um i've never been huge into cabalite warriors and i kind of personally hate racks i hate the look of them so uh i love grotesques i love the talos and chronos and and the other stuff but the racks are they're wearing like a corset and it's just weird i just don't i never thought they were very good models and I don't like the little antler things hanging off the back of them. And I just, I never like those models. Witches were my favorite troop. So, um, I've decided that something that would really interest me narratively is what if I took an Archon and this will be like my cavalcade, my, my beast carnival or something is what I'm going to call it. And I'm going to take all beast masters and all clawed fiends. I'm going to bring, uh, what would that be? 18 clawed fiends and 18 chimeras and... That is the bulk of my army. That's about a thousand points. By the time I take the Archon and the Beastmasters and all those beasts, it's like 900 points or so. And then I'll fill out the rest with some Kronoses, some Taloses, and, and all of that. And I know they're not fantastic. The beasts don't get any of the buffs that literally anybody else gets. They don't get Power from Pain. They don't get the Obsession. They don't get any of that. But it would really interest me narratively. Like, this guy doesn't take troops. He's not even interested in troops. This is like... Think of, like, the wealthy weirdo that's got, like, his own private zoo, and this guy just truly enjoys watching animals come out of these webway portals and just tear people apart. And I don't know whether I'm going to actually use this model or not, but I found a really cool-looking vampire um, 3D-printed model, and he's sitting on the throne, and uh, the throne looks pretty cool. He's sitting on a throne, like, just watching something. And then it also came with a version of him standing with a sword. And I was like, hmm, I may actually end up taking this vampire and putting him in a raider with this throne. And like, that's just his deal. Like he, he rides around on the throne. And if I want him to get out, then I've got the model of him standing as well. He can get out and fight. Um, I'm also going to try to do, um, I just ordered eight Medusae for uh, the court of the Archon. So I'm going to have a raider run around with eight Medusae, and of course, they're all flamers, they're minus one AP, I think, and whatever, but that'll be fun, that'll be fun to just have a bunch of flamers running around, so, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing now, so I'm pretty excited about it, and um, once again, I'm going to uh, sell all my Dark Eldar stuff that I currently have, a lot of it's proxied, because my Dark Eldar has always narratively been a very minor race of vampires, and they use magic instead of the warp and whatever to tr tr teleport. So, um, functionally, it was all Dark Eldar, but a lot of my models were like the Black Ark Corsairs for Age of Sigmar and 
the executioners for Age of Sigmar were my um Dracar my uh, Cabalate no my um what are they called Incubi and um so it it was neat I enjoyed it while it lasted but now I'm like eh, I want to do something just this is what this army's like and um I still will keep my scourges because I really like scourges. But uh, that's what I'm going to start doing. So this guy is just unleashes his carnival of weird beasts on people and just likes to watch it. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. So, um, what else? That's about it. You know what? I've finally decided. I've done a lot of soul searching and I'm finally going to sell all my space marines. And the reason for this is that there are so many space marine players in our club, like practically every single player plays space marines and i'm trying to think of a player that doesn't it's basically everybody plays space marines either blood angels or space wolves or whatever and i get i just get sick of playing against space marines and being that everyone brings space marines all the time that means me and james don't want to bring space marines so we never do bring our space marines and it's probably been a good more than a year since i've played my space marines and i'm just like you know what as much as I like the aesthetic, as much as I'd like to play them, I'm not gonna... It sours it for me that everybody plays Space Marines, so I'm just not going to play Space Marines anymore, and if I'm not gonna play them, then why keep them? Now, the only reason to keep them would be partially for my sketches, my comedy sketches, because I use my Celestial Lions quite a bit in that, so what I'll probably end up doing is keeping a couple of the models. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing a patrol detachment to ally with my Grey Knights or something. Um, I'll keep some of them. But that's all I'm going to do. And uh, then I'm going to be selling most of it. I also have a lot of Space Marines. I got two halves of the um, Indominus box set that I definitely plan to put together because I like all those models in there. And then just decided, uh, like, never got around to it because I don't play Marines. So I'm just, you know, you know what? I have Grey Knights. That's Space Marine armor. I have Chaos Space Marines. That's Space Marine armor. I really do not need a Space Marine army that I will never play. Grey Knights, I know, are technically Space Marines, but... It feels different with all the magic and all the different weaponry and, and Grey Knights play very different from a Space Marine army and they only get a very small selection of the options. They don't get Centurions, they don't get Aggressors, they don't get any of the Primaris stuff. Um, they don't even get Devastators. Like there's no such thing as, I know the Purgation Squad is basically Devastators, but none of it's heavy. Like it's, I mean, it, it might be heavy three or something, but it's it's not like a Laz Cannon. You can't take like a multi melter or Laz Cannon in that squad. So, um, anyway, it makes me feel good to be getting my Grey Knights in a much more working order, getting them all painted up, getting them finished so I can actually play with them and not feel bad. And, um, and then also I'm excited about this, uh, new Dark Eldar thing. And I hate that the Chimera just has two different versions, two, two models. And I hate that the, um, Claude Fiend only has one model. That's a real bummer to me. So I've ordered one full squad of Claude Fiends from the local store, and I already have a bunch of Trogoths from the Gloom Spite gets. So I'm probably going to make another squad of six Claude Fiends and just use the Trogoth model. So it's like, oh, I didn't feel like it was a carnival of monsters if I just have three squads of Chimera and three squads of Claude Fiends. Like, that doesn't seem fun. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take three Claude Fiend squads and three Chimera squads, but the Claude Fiends are, one's going to be actual Claude Fiends, one's going to be Trogoths, and one is probably going to be like, um, 
um, the Cryptars or something from Flesh Eater Courts. So I feel like I've got three different units, even though they're functionally the same. And I already have some alien warriors from the movie Aliens, so I'm going to take that and make that one of my units of Chimeras, because they're about the same size, and they, uh, you know, five up in Vol, they move real fast, they actually hit pretty hard, so I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, the I wish I could find a use for the Razorwing Flocks, but by golly, they seem terrible. They're just awful. They're strength two, toughness two, they've got a seven up save, they get no invulnerable save, they have no special abilities at all. Um, their weapon is minus one, but you're hitting on fours. Like, it's just, it's just awful. I don't know what they did to Razorwing Flocks. Once again, I don't understand why Games Workshop would ever make any model that's just untakeable. Like, it just has no, you know, they're like three wounds, but with no save at all. You're just shredding them. At, at toughness two, for crying out loud? No. Not, not playing that game. So, unless I'm, I'm I'll, maybe I'll look online and see if there's any viable way to use them, but on paper, they suck. I looked at all the stratagems, I looked at everything, and they just, they're garbage. Not even for objective holding, because they're a 7-up save, so it's just, it's just bad. Anyway, alright, well, I think that's about it. Um, I've rambled long enough, so let's get on with the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey, it's time for Tesseract Mailbox, and today we have an email from Big Jeremy. He writes, Hello, Pimpcron. I'm writing you from sunny North Carolina, which is currently not sunny and is very cold and icy. Hey, I was catching up on back episodes, and I really enjoyed your coverage of the Drakari episode where you went over the product line history and what models came out when. In that episode, you say that you might do more, but looking over the episode list, He's got list here twice. Looking over the episode list list, it doesn't seem like you ever did. It wasn't very popular. If not, that's a shame because I like that behind the scenes stuff. Oh well, keep up the good work, Big Jeremy. Well, thank you for writing in, Big Jeremy. I appreciate it. And from now on, I want everyone to call me Big Pimpron. Um, the Drakari episode was... It was listened to just as much as most other episodes, so I mean, that it wasn't unpopular in that way, but I did not get a single person telling me that they liked it, except for you now, I believe, and I had a couple people tell me they did not like it. So, judging off of that extremely small sample of, like, four people saying they didn't like it, and now, like, Two years later, one person saying they did like it. <laughs> I kind of feel like now I, I don't think I'll be doing that anymore, even though that does interest me as well. I really like that production stuff. Um, I'd like to have Alan Merritt back on the show at some point because he was a, a fountain of fantastic information about um, Warhammer. So I should probably get him on um, this winter before my season picks up again. But anyway... Um, no, that is unfortunately probably not going to happen, but thank you for writing in anyway. And you can write me at pimpcron with two Ps, pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron with one P. And let's get on with the next segment. Sorry, this was a short one. Want that or want that not? On this Want That or Want That Not, we will be covering the new Fury of the Deep box set with the uh, Fire Slayers and the Idana Thiepkin. It is including a bunch of different stuff, and as you'd expect, 
uh, half of its Fire Slayers and half of its Idonath Deepkin. Oh my god, you're stupid. You didn't know that? Anyway. Um, it comes with... Um, well, let me just read the description because I'm gonna—I'm not gonna be able to count exactly what they intend to sell. The reason being is that they um, like there's only one box set for Fire Slayers, and they make three different units. So let me see what they're trying to sell here. You get an Arc Flame Keeper, which I don't remember that model, but you get five Arc Hearthguard, also able to be built as Hearthguard Berserkers. And you get five Hearthguard Berserkers, also assembled <laughs> as Arc Hearthguard. Wow. And ten Volkite Berserkers. So, if that means anything to you, that's what you get. Then, on the Adonath Deepkin side, you get an Alkalian Thrallmaster, an Akalian Alopex, a Nimardi Reaver, a a ten Nimardi Reavers, and ten Nimardi Thralls. So, la-dee-da. Um, I'm curious if any of these are new models. None of them look like new models in this set. Um, I believe both of them... Okay, I do see that this one guy, Frydonath, is a new person. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Flame Keeper for the um, Fire Slayers is a new person. And you know what? I had a Fire Slayer army that I bought secondhand for a little while. And I found them to be the most boring army ever. Because... Um, I counted the number of units in the actual army, and there is only three units. Two of them battle line. Um, you've got the Har Arc Hearthguard, Arc uh, Hearthguard Berserkers, and then the Volkite Berserkers. Those are the only three units in the entire army. And the other 12 entries are all heroes. So when they come out with a new starter set, that's the first thing I'm thinking is, you know what Fire Slayers need? You know what they need? They need another hero, because 12 heroes for 3 units is just not enough. So, you know, I often thought that was a, a wasted opportunity. Why not take the Magma Droths and just bring them as behemoths, like without a character on them? That would have been another option for another unit, but no, they don't do that. So, that's what you're getting on that side. Um... And the models, of course, are exactly how you'd expect. They're pretty. The Idonath Deepkin guy is um, very pretty looking. And um, the Fire Flame Keeper whatever is, is just a typical red dwarf. I mean, he's not... Nothing really special about him, in my opinion. He's holding, like, fire in his hand or something stupid. Um, but the interesting thing about this, the actual interesting thing, is not really what's in this box, but it's the value of this box. We head on over to Spiky Bits, and they have done me the effort of breaking it down price by price. What's the value of the Fury of the Deep Box? Well, the box is priced at $170, which doesn't seem that bad for a starter set, um, being that a lot of the 40k ones are up into the 200s now, so $170 is not too bad. But, when you actually add this up, the Fire Slayer side alone if you go with the regular retail MSRP, is $185 for the Fire Slayers alone. And this entire box of Fire Slayers and Idonath are $170. Then, you include the Idonath Deepkin, which they're worth $180 in this box set. So it's basically 50% off, practically, because the Idonath Deepkin are worth $180, and the Fire Slayers are 185 
that ends up being $365, and the box is only $170. So that's saving you over 50%, because it's saving you $195 if you happen to want both of those. You're paying $170 and getting $195 extra dollars worth of stuff. You know what? That is a pretty damn good deal. I have not actually seen a Games Workshop box set that was over a 50% uh, value. That is that is pretty insane. Now, Fire Slayers are at a premium. They always have been. It's like, what, 60 bucks for five dudes? It's, it's very expensive. But um, I just, I'm kind of blown away when you see, actually see the, um, the value of it. Now, I still feel like Fire Slayers are incredibly boring. The Adonis Deepkin are cool. But the Fire Slayers are very, very boring. So, um, you know, that is really a want that not for me. I don't plan on starting Idonath Deepkin anytime soon. And um, Fire Slayers I will never go back to until they get more units. So, that is a want that not for me. But by golly, if you've got a friend and you that want to start Age of Sigmar, you've got a like a 55% off on this box set. So you might want to jump on that. Anyway, it's a want that not for me though. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Well, hello. I do believe it's time for Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and today I've got a bit of a rant for you. Um, it's been a while since I ranted. I'm building up all this rant energy, and I have to release it occasionally like a, um, a sun flare. This is in the category of people who ask the stupidest effing questions and I don't understand them, and I don't respect them, and I don't understand how you can be this stupid. How does this person not, I don't know, drown in the rain? Or forget to just eat and die? Like, how does this person survive in a modern world where there's bills and work and all of these things? Now, I don't want this to get too heavy, because really this is just... This really just is teasing someone, so don't don't think that I'm super angry about this. But I also have a very humorous little anecdote from someone we know that is another example of someone being so stupid you don't know how they survive life. And that's that will be afterwards. So just want to let you know, this might sound heavy, I might sound upset, because actually this does piss me off. The stupidity of this pisses me off, but I'm not actually mad. So, I was on Facebook the other day, as you often are, and I saw a community post in one of the 40k groups, and it immediately made my blood boil because of how stupid this question is. Now, it may seem somewhat innocuous at first, but if you really dig deep down into this subject, you're going to be like, wait a second. This is so simple, why would this person even make this post? And I'll also dive into that, because there's probably other reasons behind it beyond just what he posted, but here's the post. Just curious what you do when faced with financial hardship? How do you maintain your hobby? My job future is uncertain, and I would like to remain connected to the hobby. Now you're thinking, well, okay, the guy just, you know, is posing a question. It's a freaking stupid question, number one, because how do, what do you do when faced with financial hardship? Okay. What do you do when you're, when you want to stop riding a bike? You, you, you just stop riding the bike, right? What do you do when you want to stop eating? You, you just 
you put down the fork, right? So what happens when you're in this and you want to maintain your hobby and you're faced with financial hardship? Stop freaking spending. That's what you do. That is the simplest answer I could possibly give. And honestly, if you are this stupid that you have to ask this question, duh, used to have money, uh, don't have money now, uh, what do? Like, <laughs> just, just, ah, it, this sort of bullshit drives me nuts. It really does. Now, let's break this down for just a second. This guy's future is uncertain with his job, and I feel bad for him. That really sucks, okay? I, you know, that's whatever. That's part of life. It really sucks, and my heart goes out to him, assuming that it's not his fault to begin with. But he wants to know how he maintains his hobby while facing financial hardship, and he wants to stay connected to the hobby. Now, first off, dumbass, out of all times in human history... We have the most free resources at our disposal than we've ever had in the history of Warhammer. You've got free battle reports. You have free commentary like the podcast you're listening to right this moment. You've got podcasts. You've got articles. You've got YouTube. You've got subscription services that are not very expensive. You've got magazines, you've got a million things. Do you have any old white dwarves? Just stay connected to the hobby in that way. Do you actually have any friends? Just stay connected to the hobby. Do your friends charge you every time they see you? Because honestly, this guy is so freaking stupid that I kind of don't doubt that. That his friends actually charge him for him to come talk to them. Probably because he's drooling. Probably because he doesn't know, you know, which side is up when he rolls a dice. Probably because of that. But, out of all times to be a Warhammer player, there's so much free at his disposal that, in a way, I'm thinking, how dare you? (laughs) Is this hobby to you just spending money? Now, admittedly, we all spend too much money in this hobby, and admittedly, this is an expensive hobby, so don't get me wrong, you know, that can put strain on you and all of that, but is this all you do in the hobby? Do you get charged every time you play a game of Warhammer? Do you get charged when you read one of the codexes? Do you get charged when you play with your friends? Do you get charged when you're just talking about it with a coworker or a friend or somebody on Discord? Like, they're, oh my god. I could punch this dude in the face. This is... So, think about this for a second. The real story behind all of this is that this guy has been buying collectible boxes with pretty pictures on the front in shrink wrap. This is the story that he's telling me. And, you know, he's been participating in the hobby. Once a week, once every other week, you buy a new box that looks pretty in shrink wrap, right? Well, I feel like Games Workshop should do us a favor for those of us that are, you know, down on our luck, financially not stable. Games Workshop should make some sort of product to put in these boxes the pretty you know factory sealed boxes that we never open and just display they should put something in the boxes like if they took the image on the front of the box and made like a miniature model of it or you know five or ten of them maybe you know a unit of them and gave them different weapon options and all that and now i know what you're thinking that it's oh it's going to be pre-assembled and pre-painted no 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 that's actually the beauty of it what they need to do 
is they need to make these things, but they make it part of the hobby, like assembling it, and it's going to be all in like pieces, and you got to glue it together, and then when you're done gluing it together and you make these models, then you got to paint them. So that's another part of the hobby that Games Workshop, if they were smart, they would start incorporating in our collectible box buying. Then I had a, an epiphany. What if you could actually play some sort of game for free with your friends once you assemble and paint these models? Like, what if they gave them, like, stats for the weapons and stats for, like, how tough your guy is or how far he moves or maybe even, like, psychic powers, you know, like, um, like magic? That would be really cool. And, I mean, they might have to sell a rule book or something, you know, so you know how to play. But once you buy that rule book... Like, it's basically free to play. Like, that seems to me like that's the next logical step for this collectible box buying hobby that we're in. Is that if they actually put stuff in the boxes and they make more of a hobby out of it where you build it, paint it, and then eventually play with it. Now, think about this guy's mind when he realizes, like, he, let's say one of his collectible sealed boxes falls off the shelf, right? And his cat knocks it over. And he hears something rattle in it when he picks it up and he's like, I never noticed anything rattling in these boxes. What, what's in this box? And let's say some of the shrink wrap was already torn at the corner. So he decides, you know what? I don't care how collectible this box is. I'm going to open the shrink wrap. And then he opens the shrink wrap and oh my dear Lord, there are sprues of miniatures in this box, this collectible sealed box that we all collect. Oh dear God. And then he's like, well, shit, how do I, how do I assemble them? Like that's, you know, that's, it's a shame that, oh my God, there's a piece of paper in here. There's instructions on how to assemble these models in the box. Oh dear Lord. And then he's like, well, wait, why would they just put miniatures in this box? Do all my boxes have miniatures? And he starts rattling all of his boxes. And sure enough, the thousands upon thousands of dollars that he's bought of these collectible shrink wrapped boxes actually have the models inside them for what's pictured on the front and now think about the extra mileage for free that he's gonna get out of this hobby when he realizes holy shit there's stuff in these boxes i can play with like what about solo oh my god what if you could play this game solo like what if you don't need an opponent maybe all your friends hate you because you're freaking stupid and they charge you every time you play, and you don't have the money to pay for their fee, right, for them to put up with you. So what if, just hear me out, this is crazy, what if you could play both sides? Or, or better yet, if there was, like, an epic war planner made by some really hot guy named Pimpcron on Amazon that has, like, AI rules for how to play against yourself, man, that would just be... You know, I need to get into the game industry, is what I need. Oh my dear lord, I am. I mean, you know, independent publisher. Just shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. All of you laughing about me being in the game. Just, just shut up. Anyway. Um, I guess that's the end of my rant. But dear lord, how the hell do you think you stop spending money in this hobby? With all your free resources, and the game itself is free once you have the book, and I just, and you know what? Tabletop simulator, bitch. Tabletop simulator. That, of course, is a $60 price tag to begin with, right? Okay, get it on sale or something. Or share your account with a, a friend, you know, where you do the, the game, the library sharing. 
And all the armies are on there for free. Like, dear lord, this person's stupid. I cannot believe they have not looked up at the sky when it's raining and accidentally drowned. Because this is just, this is beyond stupid. Now, a lot of people do have trouble um, cutting back on their spending. And I'll tell you a little story that I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the podcast or not. But a couple years ago, my wife decided to, she actually had to uh, quit her job in order to, it was like a kind of a non-compete thing. You couldn't have her existing job and then start this other job. So she had to quit her job in order to start a new job. And the new job, of course, you know, is, is much less money. I mean, a much, much, much less money starting off, but as it grows, it will get, it will eventually eclipse her old job. So this was a couple years ago and we lost more than half of our income. We lost like 60% of our income when she quit her last job. So you know what Pimpcron did? I ran up every freaking credit card I own, every single credit card buying these collectible boxes of bullshit. No, I did not do that. Do you know what I did as a responsible adult with, you know, money, some sort of money skill? What I did was I stopped spending. Now, I know, I know some of you is like mind blown, but I stopped spending on Warhammer. Like, we cut back on everything. We cut back on, you know, maybe we don't buy all the organic vegetables or whatever. We cut back on everything. And guess what? I never missed a mortgage payment. I never missed a car payment. I never missed anything. Now, of course, you know, you might be eating hot dogs a little more often than you, you wanted or whatever, but it's it's not that big of a deal and it's totally doable. And do you know what? During that entire time, I stayed connected to the hobby. Wow. Isn't that interesting? And I'm, I'm willing to bet you $10. This dumb asshole has more than one collectible box on the shelf. That's not assembled and not painted. Oh, painting tutorials. I forgot about that. Free painting tutorials on YouTube and, and other places like, uh, so maybe I've, I've drugged this in the ground, but dear God, when someone asks a freaking stupid question, it drives me up the wall. Oh, uh, how do? Oh, uh, like, oh, uh, okay, I'm done. I guess I'm done. So what was that? Um, really? I mean, this, this anecdote is probably actually stupid, stupider than someone saying, how do I stop spending money in this hobby? It's probably stupider. We once knew a lady that went to the doctor and said, I am constipated. I have not been pooping. And they're like, you haven't been pooping at all? And she's like, well, I'm pooping a little, but um, I feel like this, you know, lump, which of course the doctor could not find. And I just, I'm not pooping as much as I should be. So the doctor's like, okay, given your age and some other issues that was with this lady, um, you know what, maybe we should take a imaging, I guess it was CAT scan, whatever you do for the stomach. And they did a bunch of imaging and they didn't find anything wrong. And she says, listen to me, I've got a serious problem. You need to do something more drastic. So um, they said, okay, well, they're taking her word for it, even though maybe the imaging wasn't exactly clear. You know, there, there's some doubt that maybe they missed something or something was hiding in the imagery. So she ends up getting a colonoscopy to root up in there and see what happens uh, with all the food and how constipated she is. 
And come to find out, she's not constipated at all. There's actually no real amount of, you know, feces in her system. And they have no idea what she's talking about. In the meantime, she's been chugging laxatives and stuff because she says, I'm backed up, I need laxatives, and she's eating more and more laxatives because she's backed up, even though all signs point to her not being back, backed up. Now, bear with me, because this is, this is going somewhere. So, finally, she's talking to her doctor, and she goes, well, you know, the, the CAT scan didn't show anything, the colonoscopy didn't show anything, I, I truly can basically say you are not constipated. And she says, no, I absolutely am. A couple months ago, I ate a tuna fish sandwich, and it never came out. Like, what? <laughs> what? You, you ate a tuna fish sandwich, and it never came out. How would you know if it ever came out or not? Because it comes out as poop. And if you eat a bowl of cereal and a tuna sandwich, how do you know when it comes out the back of you what part of that is the cereal and what part of that's how do you even how could you even make that conclusion that you do you poop entire food do you bite and chew food and then it somehow reassembles in your stomach and you crap out like a uh, like a fresh sandwich is that what happens yes all of this was because this crazy lady believed that she had never passed the tuna fish sandwich and it was stuck up inside her gut somewhere. Even though that makes absolutely no sense. And it wasn't until they spent all sorts of money thinking that she had like a blockage or a tumor or whatever. Come to find out, they were just looking for a tuna sandwich that had been passed probably within a day or so of her eating it. So I I um I hope they prescribed her an umbrella because she definitely would drown in the rain. All right, that's it. Hopefully that wasn't too heavy, but dear God, don't you write me and ask me any of those bullshit questions. That is the stupidest thing. All right, I'm done. Thank you to GameAt.eu for supporting me while I rant against idiots online. And thank you to my beautiful, sexy Patreon patrons. Oh, you gucci gucci goo. I'm virtually pinching your cheek right now, all my Patreon patrons. Uh, you mean so much to me. I think about you every night. And thank you for keeping the show up. And I'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>